of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, so the Browns had their two-game winning streak snapped yesterday in Cincinnati by Joe Burrow and the Bengals, 23-10 to the final. Deshaun Watson's second game with the Cleveland Browns. Was it better than his first game? Yes, it was. No question about that. Was it enough to get a win? No. Jacoby Brissett beat Cincinnati earlier this year. Baker Mayfield beat, uh, you know, Cincinnati. Uh, let's see, Case Keenum beat Cincinnati, but Deshaun Watson unable to do so, and uh, that snaps a five-game losing streak for the Bengals, and the first time Joe Burrow ever beat the Browns. To make sense of all of this, let's go to the hotline right now and bring in the outstanding Cleveland Browns beat reporter at 92.3 The Fan. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at WriterWrongFan. He is Daryl Ryder. D, how you feeling today, my friend? You're back up and running like I am. Good to hear you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm running a lot better than the Cleveland Browns are running these days. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> wait a minute. That's not saying too much. Now, I, I realized that, and that was the joke. Thanks for participating in the bit. <laughs> All right, D. So uh, take me through yesterday's game. We haven't talked to you. You were ill. I was ill. Everybody's sick and all this. Browns uh, look sick on offense. Um, you know, Take me through what you saw yesterday and how much improvement did you see in the Browns' offense and in Deshaun Watson's performance? Well, the one hoppers to the shortstop were gone, so I guess that's progress. Um, I mean, it, it took them 18 possessions to get a touchdown on the board. I just, the offense ran better with Jacoby Brissett, bottom line. And, um, you know, uh, you're paying this guy $240 million. He's got to get it going. Um, You know, I realize that there's a long layoff, but uh, there are times where this offense looks completely lifeless and out of sync with him at quarterback. Um, I, I don't know if that that's layoff, if it's Kevin Stefanski, if it's the scheme or what, but they don't look good. And um, they basically now have to spend the final four weeks of this season figuring things out and finding ways to get Deshaun Watson on track. Daryl, I have so many questions, and a lot of them concerning the offensive line, and you're going into these games with a fourth string, fifth string, whatever Froholt is. He's not a center, I don't believe, at this level. They didn't go out and find anyone. But with that being said, and I look at Kevin Stefanski, and every time we hear the post game, and God bless you for trying to ask these questions, you never get any straight <laughs> answers. It almost seems as if he's accepting of the fact that they don't play well and almost no attention to detail, and the discipline is so bad on this team. But what does he really, What could he really do to get this team to play better? Yeah, I mean, look, this is not a team that has any semblance of attention to detail whatsoever, mm. offensively or defensively, and I think that that's a direct reflection of coaching and a lack of discipline. Um, yeah. 
The other thing, too, is I don't know that this offensive line marries well with Deshaun Watson. I mean, these, the, this is a, this, they're now transitioning from a run-first offense to an offense where I think they need to throw the ball more because you have a quarterback that can throw the ball. Um, you know, these offensive linemen, I counted them up. Let's see here. One, two, three offensive holding penalties. You had one ineligible downfield that was declined. I, you know, I, again, this is just all part of the adjustment process um, with this team, but yeah, I I don't know what the fix is. I don't know if it can be fixed in the next four weeks. I don't know if it even matters if it gets right. fixed in the next four weeks. Um, you know, they're they're out of it. They're not playing for anything mm-hmm. at this point. Um, they they need to win every game, and they need everybody in front of them to lose every game. And even on top of that, they need help. I don't see so. why you'd want to go there anyway. I mean, what what makes you think if you did back into the playoffs, you'd have any chance at all? There's no, they're, they're exactly not. like so, they're they're not. I look at this thing and I go, okay, I know it's not a high school team. You're not going to make the team do prayer crawls because they missed an assignment. But when I look at things, and it all goes back to a coaching method. They don't scheme. They don't prepare well because when you thought about this game and you went into it thinking that they were going to have all their weapons, all their studs, we thought the Bengals were only going to be missing their starting tight end. Well, they end up with only one of their wide receivers, and yet we don't double-team Jamar Chase. That's coaching. You're not getting an argument from me. (laughs) Like, i got to be honest with you. I can't give you a reason for them to keep the GM or the coach at this point. I don't have other than continuity. Wow. Andrew Berry's not drafted well at all. Of the 22 players he's drafted, four of them might be any good. Um, the only reason they're on the team is because he drafted them and he refuses to cut them. <laughs> um, the coach, the team is regularly unprepared, regularly undisciplined, regularly lacks attention to detail. Um his offensive game plan scripts are usually pretty good, but that, that's kind of about it. Like, I I do not have an argument for this organization to keep Andrew Berry or Kevin Stefanski. There is nothing I can tell fans to sell them on that. Uh, I'm not advocating for ownership to make a change. I'm just saying that other than continuity for the sake of continuity, I have no argument to keep either one of those guys in their jobs. Daryl Ryder, our guest, outstanding Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan, Browns Radio Network. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram, at RyderWrongFan. Daryl, I want to go back with the coaching part of it. You brought up, um, you know, Kevin Stefanski, uh, and there's reason to fire him. Absolutely. One of my things, and JT and I already talked about this. I want your input. All right. You paid a guy $230 million guaranteed. You traded half the, uh, you know, future for him, or if the, the three-quarters of your future for him over the next five years, whatever it is, Right. And uh, he's been out 11 weeks, and you're in the red zone against Cincinnati. Um, and, oh, I'm sorry, not the red zone, just outside the red zone at the 25-yard line. It's third and one, and then it's fourth and one. You have a mobile quarterback who can do the uh, read option. He can run. He can, uh, uh, you know, he can leap over guys. He's athletic. And yet, you take him out on fourth and one and bring in a guy who hasn't thrown a pass maybe since warm-ups to run a fourth-and-one play, and you throw a pass in the end zone, and it's incomplete. Can you explain that to me? 
No, I can't. I wish I could. No, I can't. Uh, You know, again, it's another case of the smart people trying to show that they're the smartest people in the room and all they do is outsmart themselves and get a negative result. Um, And I I, I just, uh, I I don't get it. Um, I don't have an explanation for it. It makes no sense to me. Um and they basically got the result that they deserve to get for that kind of a decision. And, and Daryl, they'll come back and say, well, it was a great call because he was wide open, and if the pass is there, it's a touchdown. And my response to then the Harvard or Yale or Ivy League guys would be, yeah, it was open, but you had a guy who hadn't been in the game at all throw the ball on that play, and that's why it didn't work. So you just sit there and you scratch your head and you go, what the mm, is wrong with Stefanski, and why do they continually do this? And do you think Jimmy Haslam is looking at it the same way? We know he's an impatient man to begin with, Daryl, okay? And if this thing, let, let's say they go one and three the rest of the way and Watson struggles with Stefanski's offense, could you see them pulling the trigger on getting rid of the coach? Well, the problem that you, again, you run into is, okay, if you fire the coach, who do you hire in his place? Um, I don't think Sean Payton's coming to Cleveland. I, I, I would call Jim Harbaugh in a heartbeat and see if he'd be willing to come to Cleveland. I doubt it because I don't know that he wants to go up against his brother twice a year. Maybe um, he does, though. Maybe he does, Daryl. Maybe that maybe well, that would I mean, excite I, him, right? Well, you know what? I, I same thing you did with the quarterback. You make some calls and see if you can improve your your situations. Yeah. See, the other problem is you have to trade. They don't want to give someone autonomous control, and I think that Harbaugh uh, would require hmm. that. He would want to be in charge of the whole shebang, and that's just not how the the Haslam's operate. They like to divide and conquer, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and I, I, so I, I think it's worth exploring in my personal opinion. Cause like I said, I, I have nothing to sell fans on Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry for a fourth straight year. I don't, um, uh, the, the defense has not been great this year. This is the third year in the system and you see no growth. Um, the team has regressed. They were literally a play or two from the conference championship game. They finished below 500 last year. They're going to finish below 500 this year. And there's a good chance they finish with a worse record this year than they did last year. Um, and there's just no excuse for that. Can you say that Kevin Stefanski, because coaching, part of coaching, aside from the teaching and the scheming and game playing and all that, Part of coaching is maximizing the talent that you're given to work with. And under no circumstances can I say that Kevin Stefanski maximizes the talent that he's given to work with. He didn't know what to do with Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. and Jarvis Landry. And, like, that particular fourth down call, it's like, I don't know if he knows what to do with Deshaun Watson, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, I kind of... Take and steal a little bit of my thunder right there because the questions we had, Daryl Wright, are going into the Houston game and whether or not he'd be able to utilize a more mobile quarterback are the same questions we basically asked today. Even though Watson played better yesterday, do we still, moving forward, think that, it, okay, well, wait a minute, this is like the third preseason game. Do we expect Deshaun Watson 
to to really handle this offense any differently next week? Yeah, I do. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> for what they're paying them, yeah. Uh, this this will now be the third start, and you've had two games under your belt. You could see some of the rust is knocked off. Now the next step for Deshaun, in my view, is reading the field. He's got to get reading the field mm-hmm. down again because there were some opportunities yesterday that he, yeah. quite frankly, just did not right. see. And then there were other situations, to be fair to him, where he's looking and there is nothing there for him. So, you know, they they need more weaponry at the receiver position, right. in my in mm-hmm. my view, other than Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples. What was the deal with Amari Cooper yesterday? Was he 50, 60 percent? Did they ever come out and tell us? I know they had nobody to put in his place, but, uh, you know, how good was he yesterday? He's Healthy. playing with a hip injury. So he's clearly not 100 um, percent. They said today, this fantasy said today, he's day-to-day. My response, we're all day-to-day. That doesn't tell me a whole lot. So uh, it is a short week, too. Uh, they play Saturday afternoon, not Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, so I anticipate that he'll take some practice time off during the week to kind of rest and, and rehab a little bit and get some treatment. But uh, knowing Amari Cooper, I anticipate that he's going to try and play next week as well. Daryl, as we move forward for the rest of this season, is this indeed an audition for Kevin Stefanski with Deshaun Watson to prove that he belongs on the sideline next year, or are we making too much of that? It's hard to tell. I mean, I I think it should be, but, you know, uh, one one of the things that I think works against Stefanski he refuses to bench players that aren't doing their job, which is a discipline thing, right? Yep. Um, the discipline he hands out is weak as best. I mean, I forget who it was, but uh, a couple weeks ago they didn't sat the first play of the game out because of discipline and was back on the field for the next play. Like, boy, really showed that player. I'm sure he learned his lesson. <laughs> yeah, I, think it was, I think it was Greedy Williams. Uh, you know, I, I just – he won't fire anybody. Right? Well, wouldn't yep. fire Prefer, wouldn't fire uh, Joe Woods. So, I mean, and they have alignment. Like, for the first time, nobody in the building's fighting with each other, although we'll see in four weeks if that's the case because, you know, the Haslam's like the divide and conquer. You know, Andrew Barry, hey, why is the team not playing well? Hey, Kevin Stefanski, why isn't the team playing well? You know what I mean? Like, trying to pit everyone against each other because that's how the Haslam's manage things. That's the way they've always managed things with this team. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see if we get another meltdown within the building or if they stay the course. I think if they, you know, stay the course and stay united and aligned or whatever stupid phraseology they came up with for this group, then I, I think that they're going to be resistant to making changes. They're going to say, they're going to make excuses. Last year, Baker was hurt. This year, Deshaun Watson wasn't available. My counter argument is, well, why don't you work with what you have? Why don't you adjust to what you have? That's what good coaches do. Bill Belichick does it all the time. Uh, Andy Reid does it. Like, coaches do it all the time, and they win. So why can't, why can't Kevin Stefanski be held there? Oh, and by the way, 
it's not like Jacoby Brissett was terrible for those 11 games and they had no chance to win. Like, so I just, I don't buy that argument either. So yeah, it, it is real tough for me to sit here and sell fans on year four of Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. It's, it's tough to do because yeah, um, the Deshaun and Amari trades are big splashes. Uh, finding Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sixth round is a nice find. But when when I look at the Andrew Berry draft picks, what, what's he really done in, in you know, three years? Jedrick Wills, not good. Awesome. His greatest achievement is he starts every week. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Harrison Bryant, okay, I'll give him that one. So you got two in his first draft, you got two players. Harrison Bryant, Donovan Peoples-Jones, maybe Jacob Phillips. That's a big maybe. 2021, Greg Newsom plays every week. JOK, I think, is a good player. Is he a Pro Bowl caliber? Eh, I don't know. Uh, and then the rest of that draft is not been good. 2022, what do they have out of this year's draft? Cade York. Maybe Jerome <laughs> Ford. Maybe. Martin Emerson. I'll it. give him Martin Emerson. I'll Martin give him Martin Emerson. All right. That, that All right. May, you know what? Uh, that, for 2022, I think that's his best draft pick. I think uh, JOK is his best draft pick in 2021, and Donovan Peoples-Jones is his best draft pick in 2020. But like you said, the rest of the classes, and I just went through while we're talking to you, Daryl, because you brought it up earlier in the interview, and I just wrote down the three draft classes, and to use an old Sindelar term, Rhoda, it's dog crap. That's how bad yep. uh, they are in the last three drafts. Well, that's a beautiful thing yeah, about trading thing. away all your draft capital because you well, would screw the up the draft too. anyway. Barry won't cut these guys right. because right. he drafted them. And so you make your team worse by having bad like, I just it, So it, 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 it boggles my mind. Uh, yeah. it, you know, I, I just, you know, they, they should have kept John Dorsey. They, they really should have because John Dorsey could look at a football field and say, that guy, that guy can't bag groceries. That guy can play. That guy, you know, should go deliver mail for a living. You know, th- this guy can play. I, he just it, instantaneous. And you look at like this, the, 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 con- the contributors on this team, the most consistent contributors are the guys that John Dorsey brought in, not the ones that Andrew Barry brought in other than Amari Cooper. I would say Amari Cooper is the most consistent player that Andrew Barry has brought in. So uh, John Johnson III was supposed to be a big-time pickup and to say he's been a big-time disappointment. Um, so, yeah, I just – this is – Barry has not done a good job sustaining the success because that's, like, what was supposed to happen after that playoff run was, like, they were supposed to sustain some success going forward, and they sustained absolutely no success, and they have regressed. Darrell, the only thing I'll say about Dorsey is, you know, Baker May. He did draft Baker Mayfield, and I like Dorsey. I'm with you. I, I, I would have preferred a football guy stay like that, but he did draft Baker Mayfield. And I, His I didn't Cardinal like that. sins where he drafted Baker Mayfield over Josh Allen, and he hired Freddie Kitchens. 
Yes. That, that's, and so, I mean, there'll people say that's enough to get fired. Well, okay, fine. Well, then you bring in this regime and okay, it's not looking like it's going very well right now. So what do you, and you're right. Sean Payton's available. Do you lure Jim Harbaugh away from, uh, you know, the, the Michigan Wolverines? Somebody else gets fired. Who knows? That, that's the problem. That's the debate. And, and I remember, and I'll use Sindelar again. He would always tell me, you want to cut somebody, you want to fire somebody, fine, but tell me who you're going to replace them with. And yep. right now, we don't have enough uh, of the free agent pool, if you will, for coaches and GMs to know who would be available that might be a better replacement, right? <laughs> yep, and, that, and, that, and that's a problem. And I will say the other, th- the other thing, too, if they blow these guys out, you know who else has to go? Paul DePodesta. He yeah. can go back to baseball. Because I'm not enamored with anything he's done either. Like, you tell me, like, because the whole point of the analytics thing, right, and, and I'm all for – analytics don't misunderstand me but the whole point is is to outsmart the competition and to find competitive edges you tell me since paul DeBodesta came to cleveland to, to help run the browns where the cleveland browns have had a competitive advantage over the last i don't know eight years i can't i can't exactly i i, I can't give you you know the impact that he's made other than wasn't he the one guy pushing for Kevin Stefanski, which looked great, just like Baker Mayfield after one year? Yeah. But since then, like Baker Mayfield, it hasn't looked good, right? Yep, 100%. Yep. So, all right, so this week, Daryl, I think um, I, but if, if memory serves me correct, um, I think they're going – I know he just signed to, to be a head coach in college somewhere – but uh, Ravens uh, allegedly are, are bringing Trent Dilfer back to play uh, quarterback this week uh, against the Browns on Saturday because everybody else is hurt. <laughs> it, it, uh, how would you? How do you look at this week's? I mean, it's it's you know the the Ravens and the Browns on Saturday, but they may be down to their fourth string quarterback. Is this a game the Browns should win with Deshaun Watson? Yeah, but it's at a game that the Browns, you know, will find a way to lose because that's what yeah. the Browns do. Like, any time they should win, they lose. When they shouldn't win, they win. It's, it's bizarre. But um, and, and I actually thought that they were going to lose yesterday and then beat the Ravens. I, I just, for whatever, even if Lamar Jackson played, like, I just kind of felt like that was going to be the cadence here. Um, it, it's a game that they should win. Don't know who to prepare for at quarterback. But, um, yeah, the, the the Browns should should win, and then fans can talk themselves back into – Kevin Stefanski and everything being hunky-dory again, because <laughs> that's what they do. You mean like when they talked themselves back into believing Eric Mangini was the guy because they won, what, four of their last five? How'd that one work out as well, right? Going back, let history repeat yeah. itself in Cleveland, Daryl. Yeah, and, and the, thing, the thing of it is, is Mangini's biggest sin was um, he, he wouldn't bring in a personnel guy. Yep. Um, like, the, the next coach they hire needs to be a disciplinarian because um, this team is not disciplined, and it's, it's not focused. And, again, there's no attention to detail whatsoever. And I don't think that Kevin Stefanski inspires any of that in anybody. <laughs> All right, Daryl, we appreciate the time and the insight. We'll see how things uh, go down on Saturday uh, against the Ravens. Uh, We'll talk to you again down the road here and continue to stay healthy, my friend, and we always appreciate the time. You bet, guys. Daryl Ryder checking in via the hotline.